Hello, Hierarch, and welcome to our daily devotional. We are going through the book of Isaiah right now, and we are now in chapter 31, where we're kind of going back to the beginning in some ways, where the Israelites are trying to go back to the beginning because they want to turn to Egypt for security, something we've heard before, especially when we went through our series on Exodus. So we're in chapter 31, uh, selected verses, where we read this. What sorrow awaits for those who look to Egypt for help? Trusting their horses, chariots, and charioteers, and depending on the strength of human armies, instead of looking to the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. In his wisdom, the Lord will send great disaster. He will not change his mind. He will rise against the wicked and against their helpers. For these Egyptians are mere humans, not God. Their horses are puny flesh, not mighty spirits. When the Lord raises his fist against them, those who help will stumble, and those who be, those being helped will fall. They will all fall down and die together. Though you are such wicked rebels, my people, come and return to the Lord. I know the glorious day will come when each of you will throw away the gold idols and silver images your sinful hands have made. The Assyrians will be destroyed, but not by the swords of men. The sword of God will strike them, and they will panic and flee. The strong young Assyrians will be taken away as captives. Even the strongest will quake with terror, and princes will flee when they see your battle flags, says the Lord, whose fire burns in Zion, whose flame blazes from Jerusalem. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, uh, you know, when I first became a, a Christian and I was starting to listen to some uh uh, Christian contemporary music. Uh, Keith Green was still uh, pretty popular at that time, and he had a, uh, an album and a song called So You Want to Go Back to Egypt, and kind of captures this idea that as much as God wants to lead uh, the people forward, in so many ways, the people want to trust in the things of Egypt rather than the things of God, because they're, they're, they're things that we know, they're things that we understand, they're, they're tangible, they're familiar, even if they're not good or helpful, we still feel this gravity to turn towards them. And the people of Israel at this point, despite their whole experience of the Exodus and coming into the promised land, at this point, they want to turn back to Egypt. One of the things that was actually going on is the Egyptians were trying to rile up all these uh, little tribes and things that were kind of the border, the barrier uh, for Egypt against Assyria. So Egypt really doesn't have the best interests of Israel or, or Judah in mind. In fact, it's just trying to use them. Um, you know, when I... Uh, uh, when I used to when I used to live in the Chicago area, one time uh, my friend and I we went to the University of Chicago's uh, uh, Museum of Near East Studies. It's uh, just off of the campus there, and they have a, a replica of this tablet that was discovered uh, from I think it's Sennacherib's reign. He's the Assyrian king who comes to invade Israel and ends up. Uh, you know, the, the events described in Isaiah 37, where the angel of the Lord comes in and, and basically destroys his army and he turns around. And it's the tablet that records those events. Although in Sennacherib's tablet, it doesn't mention anything about their defeat. It just says they went south and decided to turn around and came home. Uh, so in any case, this is uh, referring, this chapter of turning to Egypt is referring to that moment where Israel wants to find security in Egypt because they have these 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 horses and chariots, these symbols of of military might, but God promises, no, turn back to me. I'm going to be the one who rescues you. It's not going to be, as it says here, it's not going to be with the swords of men, but God himself will intervene. But I, I think this whole chapter points to this 
this desire that we have, this temptation we have to appeal to false heroes and, and false gods. They, they look to Egypt and they see the power of their horses and their chariots. Uh, these are things that only wealthy uh, armies could have, not like Israel would have at the time. Um, things, uh, symbols of, of, of not only uh, military power, but uh, the power of, of wealth. And so they want to turn to those kinds of uh, false heroes. And they also turn to these false gods, these, these idols that they've made of silver and gold. Um, and I think this points to just the kind of false security that we can get through the worship of um, anything or anyone that uh, makes us feel like uh, that we're going to be secure when we turn to any of these things other than than God. And, and I think it's particularly pertinent here because the false heroes to which they're turning really don't have their best interest in mind. They're, they're using the people of Judah. They're telling them what they want to hear when they really have secret agendas, they don't care about them at all. Like I said, Egypt was trying to rile up all these border nations so that these nations would sacrifice themselves against Assyria, weakening the Assyrian, um, the Assyrians, and giving Egypt the uh, ability to extend its own reach or you know survive the Assyrian onslaught, but extend its own reach and its own power. Uh, God here is trying to, he's, he's inviting people back. He's hes being betrayed, right? The people are being faithless to him. They're, they're turning uh, to other peoples and other gods. They're abandoning God in so many ways, but still God is inviting them back saying, return to me and, and I'm going to be the one who is going to protect you. So anyway, Dave, I'm wondering what you see here, especially with the false uh, security that we might look for in, in our current times. Yeah, I mean, that clearly is the, the real power of this um, and I, I think that, you know, all of us can appreciate Israel's feeling vulnerable. And so they, they're looking around for help and they're looking for security. And I, I think that perhaps, um, you know, we're not particularly looking to Egypt to help us, uh, but I was trying to think, so what are, what are our Egypts? And, uh, you know, what, what is it that we turn to hoping, oh, these are the people who can protect me and save me. Uh, and I think sometimes it's, um, I think a lot of us have turned to politicians, right, or to policies. If we can get this law enacted, if we can stop these kinds of people, if we can, you know, whatever, if we, if we can do this thing, then we'll, I'll be okay. Um, obviously, finances, you know, that kind of looking at wealth, I, I have noticed in, at times when I, I feel particularly vulnerable um, that there can be this then temptation to say, I, and, and I think it's unrelated. I, it's like, it's so subconscious. I don't notice it. Um, but I feel vulnerable for some reason. And I end up checking my bank balance just to make sure I'm okay. You know what I mean? Like I'm not like <laughs> about to default. Um, and I realized that, oh, that's a spiritual thing hmm. that in this moment when I feel vulnerable and I could be now calling and say, God, all right, like you are the one who who knows me and trusts, loves me and provides for me. You're the one who cares for me. You you are my security and my strength. And I don't want to have any security that doesn't come from you. You know, if if it's, uh, you know, uh, a security that I'm getting apart from you, man, I, I don't want it. It's one thing if God decides to use the Egyptians to help out the Israelites, great. But if the Israelites abandon God and go to the Egyptians instead, that's where the problem is. And I think sometimes in my own heart, I can be tempted to, I know, go to different political solutions, financial solutions, um, uh, you know, kind of coordinate with a bunch of other people to come up with, you know, I've, I've got a, a team of people on my side, right? Social solutions. 
Um, and, and again, it's not that any of those things are inherently evil, but of themselves, they're evil when they're alternatives to trusting in God. And I think that's exactly why then he says in, in uh, verse three, for these Egyptians are mere humans, not God. Their horses are puny flesh, not mighty spirits. And God is saying, hey, these things cannot solve your problem. I could solve your problems and I may use these things, uh, but, but these things cannot ultimately solve your problems. And, but I just think it's so difficult for us. I actually think so much of the spiritual life, we've talked about this before. I think the, the fundamental task of the spiritual life is learning how to pay attention mm -hmm. to God. We're so easily distracted. We turn this way or that. We look to this alternative or that. You know, our, our we just our attention comes off God so easily. And I think this is why having rhythms in our lives, and for me, you know, kind of having a couple of key rhythms in my day that just call my attention back to God, because I get distracted. I can actually be working on a sermon, right? I'm like, I've got the text open right in front of me and I'm working on it. And yet my attention can get distracted from God even while I'm working in the scriptures. Um, be because I suddenly, I want to go with human, my own cleverness or human cleverness. I want to, you know, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm winning people's favor, you know, that maybe they'll think I'm clever or they'll think I'm funny or whatever it is, right? My tensions come off God or I can be, uh, you know, just very anxious about, oh, am I going to be able to get this done? Da, da, da. Um, but I'm trying to rely on myself rather than be in conversation with God. And I think that's ultimately what what Israel is doing, is they're, they're not trusting in God. They're feeling alone and abandoned, and therefore they're abandoning God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing is we have to then always remember, we are never abandoned. We are never abandoned. We may not be paying attention. We are never abandoned. And, and so therefore our abandoning God is never the right response. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I just, I think this is such a powerful and relatable mistake that Israel was making. Yeah. The, the dynamic you're describing is, is sometimes so subtle. Like you mentioned, it can be happening while you're in the midst of writing a sermon, you're trying to do something that's good. You're trying to do something that's for God or when you're trying to help a couple or people in counseling, something like that. And yet, even in those moments, and maybe sometimes, especially in those moments, there's this subtle turn. It might not be very big, but it does represent us going down a different path. And while the difference might not be big right away, that that path over time leads to very different places. You know, like I was just on a road trip and, you know, making one wrong turn might make a very small difference at first but you keep following that out and you could be hundreds of miles off course and, and, and much further from your destination. You know, I would say just as I know high rockers, uh, one of the common false gods, you know, one of the, the, the Egypts for a lot of high rockers is uh, an elite education, hmm. right? They're going to some kind of very expensive private college that that somehow is going to be the salvation. And, and the amount of energy that goes into seeking that, I would say in many cases, more than the kingdom of God, because they want good for their child, but they they put so many hours into making sure that their child is you know doing all of the kinds of classes and extracurriculars so they can get into a good college so that maybe they can get a, a, a good middle management job. And I kind of think, is that really going to be the source of their life? And yet 
some of the other key pieces about their spiritual formation, about their relational um, and, and emotional health, that stuff is kind of left to the side because it's not as important. What's it, what matters, what's essential is getting into college. And I, I think, I think, you know, hey, if you have ears, let it, let them hear that, that I think some people that has become Egypt and has become a false God. It's a non-neutral thing. It's not that college is evil any more than Egypt was evil. It's that trusting in college for life, trusting in an education, trusting in status, trusting in whatever, a position, trusting in any of those things for life instead of God or above God. That's when we have, because it's not that these people are saying, oh, we're not going to uh, overtly, we're not going to follow God. We're going to go talk to Egypt. No, they would have, I'm sure, still shown up in the temple and done all the things they're supposed to do and been very faithful. But now when the rubber hits the road, let's go talk to Egypt. Mm. And I, I think there's a lot of us who do that same thing. We may be very faithful Christians, but honestly, what we trust in is something else. You mentioned earlier how you had these like two disconnect, seemingly disconnected things. But like when you're nervous about one thing or think, feeling insecure that you turn to your bank account, I think that can actually be a really good uh, tool to use for ourselves is just to, to pay attention, as you're saying, when we are anxious, when we feel that feeling of anxiety, where is it that we turn? What's the first thing that we do? Do we do we go and check the stock reports? Do we go consult our uh, financial manager? Do we check on our kids' grades or <laughs> whatever it is? It's probably a good clue that emotionally that's where we're turning for security. And mm. and if it's something other than God, then, then it's a good question to be uh, asking, why? Why am I turning to this and not to God? Yeah. Amen to that. That's a great, great suggestion. Well, well, Dave, I'm going to you, uh, yeah. All right, Lord, we are so bad at paying attention. I think there's a degree to which all the children of Adam and Eve, we, we have spiritual attention deficit disorder. God, we need you, your help. We need your Holy Spirit. God, we need to, to be encouraging and challenging each other. God, you are the only one we can trust. And God, we want to have all of our faith and trust in you alone. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. I hope you can join us tomorrow when we're going to continue with some more ways or some of the more of the things that we might turn to for a false sense of security and significance. So go in peace.